good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day and hope you're staying safe. We uh, are reading in the book of Galatians, the, the epistle Paul had written to the Galatians. Um, last we had read chapter 5 and um, in the end of chapter 5, um, Paul is talking about, you know, the uh, First, he's talking about what we call, what do we call that? Do we call that the, the practices of the sinful nature is what they're calling it here, which you could call it the lust of the flesh or other things like that. He's contrasting those practices of the sinful nature with the fruits of the Spirit, which are the results of living with Christ in us and being in the body of Christ and being a child of God and trying to follow him. <clears throat> so he's contrasting those two results those two things and then he uh, in the last couple of verses he tells us that if we are to live by the Holy Spirit we must walk by the Spirit with integrity and godly character and we must not become conceited challenging or provoking one another or envying one another so we must be careful to avoid those things and those are if you think about it not becoming conceited or challenging or provoking and not envying those are those are difficult things. I think as human beings, it's it's in our nature. Hmm, do I want to say it's in our nature? It's it seems easy. I'll say it that way. It seems very easy for us to become conceited and to also sometimes become challenging and provoking with one another because sometimes we disagree over little things. But those things that we disagree about, I will tell you. The, those minor things are not worth arguing over. Now, if if you don't believe in Jesus, then yeah, we need to have a talk. But, you know, if we're all working for the Lord and we have minor things, sure, we can discuss and talk about those things, but let's not lose, what was that people used to say, let's not you know, lose our salvation or lose our religion over these little arguments. Let's uh, Let's not do that. Let's not lose Jesus over those little arguments. <clears throat> Let's continue to love and care about one another and sometimes just say, well, you know, we'll we'll continue to study this and maybe, you know, maybe at some point we'll be able to come to agreement. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe we're both partly wrong. But, you know, try to try not to have those um, provoking arguments and things. But anyway, so, uh, you know, because that leads to division and that's something else that Paul is definitely against, though. That does not appear to be a big issue with the Galatians. The, the biggest issue with the Galatians was that some false teachers were coming through and telling them they had to follow certain Jewish practices. But still, Paul is teaching them how to be with one another and how they, <clears throat> how they should be. So Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1 again. This is in the Amplified Bible. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of self-superiority or self-righteousness. Now that can be a challenge, because don't, don't we sometimes get a little judgmental and think, well, don't do that. Well, you know, the fact is, we probably have done it at some point in our lives. We need to, <laughs> we need to try to give that other person some grace like God. Anyway... So restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. And isn't that the truth? When someone else does something, 
Even though we know it's wrong, we are tempted to do it in a weird way. Now, I'm not saying this happens all the time, but it does happen, though. Um, I, and how many times have you had, like, a kid or someone say, well, so-and-so did it. Well, that doesn't make it right. <laughs> you know? I know I've had to say that. Well, just because they did that does not make it the right thing to do. You still need to follow the right thing. You still need to do the right thing. Just because they did X, Y, Z, um, that doesn't make it okay. Just because they and their, their parents don't 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 stop or don't whatever they don't they they condone that or they think it's okay that doesn't mean we think it's okay it doesn't mean it's okay in god's word that doesn't mean it's okay so because you know when other people do things and and then that gives us the idea or it tempts us to say oh well maybe that's okay maybe it's all right to do that because you know uh, so and so over here did it. So maybe it is okay to do because I know they're I know they're a Christian, and if they do that, then maybe it's okay. Well, no, I'm gonna just gonna say no. We as Christians, we make mistakes, and we sometimes get things wrong. I've had people. I've I've gone to peer lessons, sermons, however you want to think of it, and I sit down and I listen, and by the time I walk out. And I, I like it when this happens because I need to, I need these things. I need this. But by the time I walk out of the service, I'm like, okay, I learned something new. God help me to put that into practice and help me to quit doing what I was doing. Because sometimes we don't know we're doing something wrong. You know, this this whole journey of life and and following God and following Jesus, it is all a learning experience. You start out at point A, you know nothing or next to nothing. You know, maybe you just have that, you know, for some people, maybe you just happened to go to church and you got interested and you believed in Jesus, but maybe you just have no background and no, like, next to nothing. And you've not even cracked a Bible hardly, or you know what I mean? And then you're starting from ground zero with nothing. So those people have a long journey ahead of them of just learning. And they need to just, they, all they need is a little guidance and us to just help them read the word and and learn we don't need to bring our presupposed ideas and all that we just need to teach them to read the word and help them learn from god and god's word wow i am just going on but nonetheless when we see people do things sometimes we are tempted to do those things and we know that happens we know that then i think it's like the devil almost like whispers in your ear and says see it's okay to do that you can, you can do that no no you can't if if you think it's wrong <laughs> and if you if it is wrong according to the bible and if it's wrong according to the word then it's wrong okay it's not okay for you to do that <laughs> that's really what it comes down to right i mean if it's really something that we shouldn't be doing such as some sexual thing immorality thing which that is a big thing among uh, among people also um i don't want to get into all those things but you know we know that's a problem um nonetheless so keep any watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well carry one another's burden wow we're just getting to verse two i should just start over i'm gonna start over back verse one brothers if anyone is caught in any sin you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, you who are truly following in, you know, following God and trying to follow the Spirit, um, 
as he guides you through God's word so that you know and understand what needs to be done. Um, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. For if anyone thinks he is something special, when in fact he is nothing special except in his own eyes, he deceives himself. But each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior, and then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. So, this is um, something that I have, I know that I have brought up and mentioned before, but um, you know, just this, this is verse 3 and 4, okay? We're, we're barely getting in here, but Paul has some good things here. You know, for if anyone thinks he's something special, when in fact he's nothing special except in his own eyes. Now, now God loves us all and cares about us all, and we are special to him. However, none of us as children of God are one of us is not any better than the other. We are not really more special. We have different roles to fulfill, different tasks to complete. We have different uh, things that we are good at. Uh, maybe I'm good at um, one thing and you're good at another. Uh, I can't think of anything I do that I'm really good at, but let's just say <clears throat> let's just say I was good at teaching maybe a kid's class or a teenager's class. Okay, that's fine. That's something I like to do that I'm good at. That's great. Okay, I can do that. But let's say you're good at, well, let's say you're, you're really good at math and you can be the treasurer or you can do, you know, you have an interest in doing that type of thing. That's fine. That's something else you can do. That's wonderful. That's great. So we each have our own roles and abilities, but that doesn't make us better than one another. We just have different parts to play. And um, <clears throat> and he says here, if you, if you um, let's see, while in fact he is nothing special except in his own eyes, he deceives himself. You know, we don't want to deceive ourselves in thinking we're special or better than others because <sighs> we're not. Plain and simple. We each have different roles and different things we do. You don't know. You don't know every day what that person. Let's say you're looking at a member of the congregation, and they you see them. They come and sit on the pew. They're there for every service. They seem like a very good Christian person. You talk to them. They're nice, but you don't really know what they do. You don't know what they're out there in the world doing every day. You don't know how they may be serving the Lord and influencing others without without you having any knowledge of it. And how can you say that whatever you're doing, just because maybe it's uh, more out front of people and more showy, how can you say that that is necessarily any more important? Because you don't know how that person may be influencing others or maybe, you know, setting some good example or or even talking and privately bringing people to Christ. So, you know, we, we don't want to be too judgmental and we don't want to, you know, 
pump ourselves up and think we're, ooh, we're, we're super special. We are special to God, though, but we all just have our role to play, and we're, we all play a different part, but we're all important. Okay, so, and but each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior, and then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without comparing himself to another. That's right, don't compare yourself to another. You know, just compare yourself to you. Just see that you are doing your work for the Lord and that you're trying to improve and that you're improving on that. And uh, if you're me, maybe you're not getting any better. But, you know, but you keep trying and you keep working at it. And, and I think, really, as you work at things, you do get better over time. It just, you know, some people are just naturally better at some things than others. And, and that's true. And that's fine. But anyway, so, you know, we need to scrutinize ourselves and watch ourselves. And uh, then, yeah, we can have a little personal satisfaction. We can have a little inner joy that, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing what I can for God, for the Lord. And I don't need to compare myself to everyone else. I don't need, I don't need that pressure for one. But I don't need, I don't need to make that comparison. Whether, whether I compare myself and find myself extremely lacking, or if I compare and puff myself up. I just don't need that. Instead, what I prefer to do is look at what I'm doing, what my actions and my my work is, and what I'm doing, and trying to improve on that for the Lord. And uh, you know, even if that's partly just being better at my job and setting a better example at my job, and trying to have a good attitude there so that people can see that, even that is something. And and that has that has turned into conversations and things in the past. Not a lot, but it has happened from time to time. For every person, and we'll continue on verse 5, for every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. Well, I have too many faults and shortcomings then, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, this is true. We all do have to bear our own burden of faults and shortcomings. We do. We we have to realize that uh, uh, that is that we're human and that we do we do have to do that. We have to bear those things as best we can. Work, you know, around or against or run over or train ourselves better uh, to to make up for those faults and shortcomings. So continuing on with verse six. The one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his spiritual and material support. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. So let's look at this again. So that is verses 6 and 7. So the one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher. And that's contributing to his spiritual and material support. And uh, the idea here is that we would help support and take care of those that are teaching us, you know, be they preachers or you know I, I think of it largely as being preachers and evangelists people who are really teaching the word of God and really that is their full-time 
you know, me, I have a job, you know, I, I, I'm not like a full-time minister. I'm not one of these great, you know, good people who are, are doing that. Um, so, you know, here it's encouraging us to help support those because they, they are deserving of that. And then he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, you know, and, and I, I read it, I always see it in the old way, for whatever a man sows, so, you know, so shall he reap. So we reap what we sow. Uh, and he goes on to explain this here in verse 8. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So when we sow into God's kingdom and into the support of, of, our, of our churches and evangelism and things like that, we're sowing into God's kingdom spiritually you know we're going to um we're sowing into that spiritual kingdom we're going to reap you know we're going to reap and even though we're doing that with worldly things and we will get some worldly blessings but but we're really looking for and getting those spiritual blessings we're really going to reap from the spirit for for doing these good things and this applies really to a lot of things and not just to supporting your 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 preacher and evangelist uh, but Paul uses this in a good way to explain why, you know, maybe that's not exactly the correct way to say it. But but this he uses this in a good way to explain that they should support these people because you want to sow into sow seeds of good seeds um, into the spiritual kingdom so that we can have a good spiritual harvest of of souls for God and and it stores you up you know blessings and treasures in heaven. Which we know, you know, that we're talking about spiritual things. We're not talking about worldly things. Not that you can't have worldly blessings in this life. I think God does supply us with uh, just a, a, a plethora. I don't even have the right words um, of things of blessings in this life. So, but the one who sows to the spirit. Well, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. It's it's something to remember that what, what we're doing and why we're doing it, that what we're doing here and now to help others and to follow God and His will is also to help build the, the spiritual kingdom and also to help build a eternal spiritual life for all of us. Let us not... Moving on to verse 9. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. Now notice he's still in this same theme. It's still important to know that, you know, yes, you're, you're sowing these seeds. You're, you're planting and you're, you're trying to uh, create this harvest. But he says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Do not, you know, don't quit. Don't give up. We will reap that harvest at the proper time. It's not going to be in our time. It's going to, God knows what is best for us, like we were talking about earlier. Um, he knows what is best for us, and um, he will, you know, he will give us that harvest at the correct time. We will reap those, those blessings.
Now, a lot of spiritual blessings. There could be some worldly physical blessings where, you know, we get something that we needed. We didn't know we were going to need, but suddenly we get this and we're like, oh, well, that really helps me out. I don't know if you've ever had that happen where you have a financial issue come up and a concern and you're like, wow, okay, I need to pay that. And then all of a sudden there's there's this unexpected little blessing that comes along and you're like, oh, well, that'll, okay, I'll take care of that. That'll take care of that. And And you just, you know, you take care of those things. Now, you can say that's coincidence. You can call it whatever you want. I thank God for those things, those times when that happens, because that is a blessing. <laughs> that is a blessing. It takes some stress and worry off of me when things like that happen. I'm not saying that always happens, but when those things happen, that's that's to me, that is a blessing from God. So, all right. Moving on to verse 10, because he's still talking about, you know, uh, don't, don't grow weary of uh, doing good. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. So, do good for all people. Now, that means not only doing good for them materially, but that is an important part, but also to uh, help promote their spiritual well-being as much as we can. Now, that, that, can be, that can be a difficult thing sometimes in our society, but I believe we can do that. So, but sometimes you've got to get that foot in the door. Sometimes you need to do something to help them, you know, and help them out of that worldly jam they're in so that they can get their mind on other things. You know, if if Satan's got them in a tailspin and everything's just bad and negative and they're just going down the tubes and you come and want to talk to them about spiritual things and they've got their kids are hungry and they they need to take care of them and you know they've got their mind definitely focused on worldly things and you come and talking to them about the Bible when they need food for their kids you're not going to get very far and you're really not thinking that through very well. You need to help them. You need to help them so that they don't have that great concern there, um, and then they can move forward and put their mind on spiritual things. And then you can start that process and that cycle of, hey, let's let's focus on God and let's focus on spiritual things and let's let's grow that part of our life because it will influence and affect the material worldly side of your life. But you know. But it takes time. Anyway, you have to break that cycle. You have to help somebody and get them out of that. Um, you, you've got to be able to get their attention off of their um, current dilemma, if you understand what I mean. All right. All right, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I didn't finish that verse even. Let's go again. Uh, verse 10. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being, and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers, in other words, other Christians. So we should definitely be helping all people, okay? We definitely should. We should be helping all people. We should help you know, the poor. We should help all these folks. But especially try to help our fellow Christians. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't help other people, but, you know, if you know, you know, I think in Timothy, it's 
I forget exactly where it says if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Um, well, our congregation is our small, spiritual, local family. If we're letting those people do without and suffer and we're not helping them, we're not doing anything to help them, then, I mean, they are a part of our family. Then why are, then, then we are not doing what we should do. That should just be a given that we would naturally help those in our congregation. And you have people in your congregation who won't ask for help either. So you have to try to seek them and offer offer help to them. Oh, talking about one of my shortcomings again, I should do better at that. So, but anyway, you know, this is this is why I'm doing this. Is I want to I want to learn too, and I want to uh, teach myself to do better and be better about things. So. So we should especially be a blessing to those in, of the household of faith. That's That doesn't alleviate the fact that we should help others too, okay? Um, I know some people would rather focus on just helping Christians, and okay, but we need to help others as well. But uh, but we should help Christians, definitely. That should be a given. That just should be like, I'm going to help my brother with whatever. That, that should just be a given, or I'm going to help my sister. Or my mom. It's just it should be a given that we are helping fellow Christians. That shouldn't even need to be said. I guess is what I'm saying, but but it does need to be said because we have to we have to be taught these things. So verse eleven. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Paul usually dictated his letters, but in this case he is writing this himself. So I. I don't know if he's making these letters purposefully large to get their attention, or if maybe, like some people, he has trouble seeing, he has to write large, or if he has something else where he can't write small. I know I cannot write small like I could when I was younger. Um, my hand will just not cooperate in writing teeny tiny anymore. I get a little um, tremor or jittery, and it's just a little too much, but... Uh, uh, but I can write normal. I can still write normal size. Of course, my writing is very ugly. But nonetheless, that's another story. Um, so he may have some issue like that going on. I'm not sure how old Paul is here. Verse 12. Um, Those who want to make a good impression in public before the Jews try to compel you to be circumcised just so they will escape being persecuted for faithfulness to the cross of Christ. Really? Wow. Okay. Because this is not good. You don't want to make a good impression just in public. That's not a good idea. Well, for even, even the circumcised Jews themselves do not really keep the law, but they want to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. That is, in the fact that they convinced you to be circumcised. Some people want to win the argument just so they can say they want the argument. You know what I mean? It's true. It's it's part of that competitive nature. Some people just want to win the argument. They just want to win the discussion, the the you know, whatever it is, they just want to feel that they won. So you know, and that's what he's referring to here. Even they do not keep the law, but they want to have you circumcised because you know, they want to uh boast about it, the fact that they got you to get that done. So, anyway, but far be it from me to boast in anything or anyone except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
through whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything of any importance, nor uncircumcision, but only a new creation, which is the result of a new birth, a spiritual transformation, a new nature in Christ Jesus. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, who discipline themselves and conduct their lives by this principle, and upon the true Israel of God, Jewish believers. So, in verse 16, he says, Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, who discipline themselves and conduct their lives by this principle. And he's saying that the only thing that matters is our new nature in Christ Jesus before that. So, so all those who walk and discipline themselves according to according to this spiritual transformation in Christ is what he is referring to. That's kind of an odd way to say that, but nonetheless. Uh, verse 17, From now on, let no one trouble me by making it necessary for me to justify my authority as an apostle and the absolute truth of the gospel. For I bear on my body the branding marks of Jesus, the wounds, scars, and other outward evidence of persecutions. These testifies to his ownership of me. And yes, Paul had been beaten, he had been stoned, he had had all kinds of things, so he had scars to prove, you know. And he called that the branding marks uh, that showed that he was owned by the Lord. And, and just so people know, just so you understand, um, where piercings and tattoos and things like that come from, those were all signs of ownership. Those were all signs of being a slave. And you just might want to think about that before you go putting a lot of piercings and tattoos on yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you can't do that if that's really what you want to do. I, I can't, I really don't have any thing about that. Um, in, in that I don't have any verse, there's no verse that says you can't do it. But I'm just saying that think about the origin of that and do you really want to do that to your body and, and, and who are you making yourself a slave to when you do that? Who are you proclaiming to be a slave of? I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. That was seriously a sign of ownership. That's, that's why we branded cattle. I mean, you know, you couldn't really hold a cow down to do a nice little tattoo, so they branded them. But same idea. Um, and and piercings, we still we still pierce animals and tag them and stuff. Now it's a sign of you know of ownership of slavery of you know maybe tracking an animal. Nonetheless, you get the idea. Just think about those things. I'm not I'm not sure that piercings and tattoos and all that is really. I don't think it's really super harmful. I just don't think it's really good for you, but eh, that's just me. I, I don't know. Just something to think about. So anyway, but he's talking about his scars and his branding marks of Jesus. And then in verse 18, this is the last verse. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, my brothers and sisters. Amen. So that is Galatians chapter 6. That is the end of Galatians, so I'm going to 
take a little time and do a little summary. Now this was only six chapters. It's not going to be too long. I think it'll I think it'll be an okay summary. Um, so I'm going to do that, and in our next uh, our next reading session like this, I will uh, I will do that summary. Hopefully, it will not be as long as some of the others. And then in our next epistle, we're going to be reading Ephesians, which will be which will be great here yet again. This um, I always learn something new every time I read things in the Bible, even things I've read plenty of times before. But uh, and I, I'm not saying I've read everything plenty of times before. I have read, I've read multiple times, and I've read a lot of things. Uh, but I've really only gone through and read through the entire Bible like this a couple of times, and I was a lot younger the last time I did it. So I think this is really uh, a good thing. It's really bringing a lot to memory and uh, teaching me a lot. And I hope it's I hope it's useful for you as well. So again. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe and uh, protect uh, protect yourself, protect your loved ones. Watch out for those who might need help. And remember, God loves you.